10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Welcome to the podcast from Doug Ground Up Productions with hosts Lady Miz and Ray. This, 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 this is a universal platform and there is nothing off limits. We talk about it all and we keep it real. This is a no judgment zone. So come as you are. are. If you are a professional, entertainer, author, comedian, entrepreneur, or just someone who wants to get something off their chest, well, let your voice be heard here on From the Ground Up Productions. Sponsorship and other opportunities are available from the Ground Up Productions. Turning nothing into something. There's only one way to go from here. Here. And now, here are your hosts, Lady Miz and Ray. Yes, yes, yes. We in the building. How y'all doing? Happy Monday. You are tuned in to From the Ground Up Productions, and there is only one way to go from here. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. How y'all doing out there? Happy, it's Monday, right? Because I want to make sure. Juneteenth. No, yeah, that's right. Okay, the exerve is there, yes. Yes, so um, for those who do not know, um, if you're tuning in for the first time, From the Ground Up Productions is a podcast where we interview different people such as indie artists, entrepreneurs, legends, comedians, all of the above. Um, we love to shine the spotlight on them. And what we like to do is we love to educate our viewers at the same time. So we will be asking them questions that we hope that if you're in the same field, you could walk away with some good, valuable information. Today, we have comedian George Mason, and I'm so happy to have him on the show. I cannot wait to bring him on. He's actually going to be performing on July 23rd, doing his stand up in Queens. It's going down in Queens, New York. Since I'm talking about it, let me let y'all know about that. July 23rd, Brookville Park, because they moved it, is going down. The platform is what they call it now. Um, July, I said June, sorry, July 23rd. It is going down, and I'm gonna be hosting that with Chucky Chuck. We're gonna have DJ Red Alert is gonna be setting it off, and Melissa Morgan is gonna be doing all her hit songs. And we got so many other great people, such as T Ski Valley. Y'all already know George Mason, who, who we're about to talk to. Um, Pound Cake, Poppy Fortune, the clientele brothers, Mikey D, um, Sedana got a sound. I mean, it's going to be so many great, talented people, so y'all do not want to miss this. What's up, Tell Mama? How y'all doing? Again, before we get going, I just want to remind y'all, I do have my chips out. If you haven't already tasted them, Boss Move Chips, Sweet Hot Barbecue, you could go right to my website, bossmovechips.com, and purchase you some chips. You could get them on that on um, July 23rd also, because I will have them with me for anybody who wants to purchase them. And... Please remember we have a compilation out called Family Business because it's always family business, baby. Everything we do is family business. So if you haven't already, make sure that you go over and check that out. It is on all streaming platforms and my whole family is on there and those who are like family. And you're going to get a combination of hip hop and R&B and all of the above. So make sure y'all check that out. Um, And... My joint riding, baby. That's right. Riding is coming out 
June 24th. So look out for that. And listen, I put adults only because listen, I, I can't be targeting talking sexy to the kids, right? So it's it ain't crazy, but it's for adults only. So make sure y'all look out for that. June 24th, it will be on all streaming platforms. And um, yeah, I want to make sure that y'all cop that. Go go buy it, go stream it, and all of that. Well, um, on the 17th, it's gonna be on your website, right? For what's today, your, right? Um uh, Oh shoot! It is. He, he, he got. Right he got. He, he yeah. got to go sit down somewhere. Yeah. He got to go sit. Go sit down somewhere. Yeah, yeah. I just said it's June team, and I forgot. <laughs> Lord help me. <laughs> All right. So listen. Um, I think that's it for our promos. So yep. without further ado, let's bring on the one and only comedian George Mason. Wow. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. 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 Uh, we, Chucky e. Chuck, I didn't mean to cut you. No, Chucky e. Chuck was telling me about those chips. Oh, <laughs> absolutely. You got to try some. That's what he told me. He said, you got to get some. Exactly yes. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're so happy to have you on the show. Um, absolutely. I can't wait to see you live in person on July 23rd. So I know that's going to be dope. Um, but before we get into it, I always like to ask people to please go ahead and kind of tell the people a little bit about yourself. And we're going to get into our questions. And remember, this is a no judgment zone. So do you. <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. I've been in the game for a minute, a little over 30 years. I've worked with uh, top to bottom, Sinbad, Dion Warwick, Jerry Butler, Rochelle Farrell, nice. uh, Frank Gorshin. People don't know who Frank is. Frank is was the original Riddler on Batman back in the oh. day. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> this wow. younger generation. Yeah, they don't uh, <laughs> say, you know, uh, 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 my buddy was telling me, hey, man, you know, Cause I throw out names, right? I drop a lot of names. He was like, "You say Frank Gorshin and Soupy Cells? Nobody knows what the fuck you talking about." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cause I damn sure was like, oh, "Okay, I don't know." <laughs> I lost you right there. I know, I know. But you didn't watch Batman back in the day. Huh? I mean, I did a little bit, but I don't know how far back are we talking. We talking probably in the. Uh, the late seventies, early eighties, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. No. I, I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm a senior citizen. <laughs> it's all good. You get the discounts, though, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It was like that, but yeah. So Frank and those cats and um, uh, some interesting people, shy lights and uh, uh, shout out. What's up, Lamont? And uh, that's Chucky e. Chuck. Yes, Chucky e. Chuck in the building. We see you, Chucky e. Chuck. <laughs> I got to give you a little story, a little backstory about Chuck. Uh oh. Uh oh. <laughs> no, well, it's, it's uh, you know, he, he, I know him from uptown. Right? I know him from Lamont. He just uh -huh. came to I know him as Lamont Baker. And now, when I came to Springfield Day, because I did Springfield Day last year. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know Chucky e. Chuck. I didn't. I didn't know, you know, that was his, uh, you know, his rap handle, and that he was, you know, with the Rappermatic Five. That he's the man, right? And right. Legend. I'm like, oh, and because they was like, and I'm looking because I hadn't seen Chuck in like twenty something years. I caught him on Facebook 
as mm-hmm. Chuck and Chuck. And I still was a little bit, you know, like twisted, fucked up in the head because I didn't know him like that. And when I saw his cousin, I said, yo, Lee, you, you know, but I said, you know, from uptown, I said, yo, Lee, what's going on with Lamont? Uh-huh. Said, what you talking about, Joe? I said, who's this Chucky Chuck motherfucker? What's what's up? <laughs> I said, I said, is he in the witness protection program? <laughs> Wait, why you Yeah, because he's got Lamont Baker and he's Chucky Chuck in the park. Is this motherfucker hiding? Is it something I need to know? Because I got a couple of warrants on me, B. Are the feds going to come in this motherfucker? Or what's going on? But yeah, that's the backstory with Lamont. Yeah, I didn't oh, know. Okay. He's using his government tonight, so that's good. You know. Yeah, Facebook forced you know Facebook forced you to do that <laughs> when you yeah. under your name. You ain't got no choice. But yeah, so uh, that's that's the, the thing. And uh, thirty years mm-hmm. with um, you know a lot of cats. I came up with uh, like Tracy Morgan. I used to have. I used to do a lot of uh, gigs, like you know hosting, and Tracy would work for me. At one time, his uh, the brother that was in the the vehicle that Tracy had the accident on in New Jersey that passed away, James McNair, uh-huh. Jimmy Mac. That's how I met Tracy through Uncle Mac. Oh, okay, all yeah. right. Yeah, so we were doing the agent at, uh, that I was working for. This is when Def Jam has basically first came out. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the white clubs they wanted to do a what they call a Def Jam, right? A Def mm-hmm. Jam. So they wanted, you know, to because they were losing a lot of business to Def Jam, you know, because okay. a lot of black talent band that we we never heard of or would have never heard of, like Steve Harvey, you know, Cedric, uh, DL, and those cats that came along fast. Eddie Griffin, uh, you know, uh, was taking a lot of business away from the white clubs, you mm-hmm. know, the when Russell and them cats came out. So all the white clubs, they wanted to transfer a, a club in, uh, in Mineola called Chuckles. They wanted to do this Def Jam night. So I had to put together a show. You know, I got Uncle Jimmy Mack, and he turned me on to Tracy Morgan. And then okay. Face Man. So that was my show for the night. It gave me a budget, and then that's how it went down. So point I'm making is just that a lot of these guys that I started with, my contemporaries, so to speak, uh-huh. uh, went on to make it, you know, they made it big and stuff, and uh, a lot of people were saying, well, you know, George, how come, you know, what happened, B? How come you didn't, you know, uh, make that next plateau? Hello. Okay. I had an addiction, you know, and I'm real with it. I'll, I'll you know, I'll fess up to it. You know, I, I did cocaine, sniffed okay. cocaine. I smoked crack, you know, okay. I, I even drank crack. Drink crack. Well, what was it? You know they used to call sniffling. I'm just saying. I drink. No, seriously, what was? What, how do you drink crack? Because I'm confused. Okay. Uh, you never got. If you never got, have you don't know. It's like if you have a powder cocaine mm-hmm. and you wanna, you know cook it up and make it come back to a, a rock form, you know, bass. Mm-hmm. You, you call it crack, but it's bass. Okay. And the process that you do, you 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 cook it. 
okay? And uh, if you don't know what you're doing, you lose the whole work. You lose everything that you got, right? If I got mm -hmm. like an eight ball, which is three and a half uh, grams of cocaine, and I'm trying to cook that shit up, and I, I fuck it up, yo, that's it. I drank it. I said, fuck it. You know. He says, I can't say <laughs> no, no. I got a couple of ice cubes. <laughs> Put some sugar in it. <laughs> wait, wait, let me just stop you right here. First of all, I mean, if this is all, you know, you're being honest and you're being real, I want to commend you for that, for not even, you know, being afraid to speak your truth, Thank you know. You. Um but also, you know, but so that's on that side of things, like being honest, keeping it real, because somebody needs to hear that. But you're still out here doing your thing and, um, you know, on the stage, doing what you love and living your passion. I think that that right there is so important. Now, on the flip side, I'm going to jump into your lane a little bit now on the comedian side. You know, when I first open up the show, I tell people, hey, you know, we're going to interview people we're gonna get valuable information and you drop it. Bob is like this. You got to you got the workers up like this is how you make the shit don't lose them. <laughs> I'm trying to think what we teaching the people today. <laughs> but, but you know what you know, uh, 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 brother Chuck and Chuck Levon is talking about mm -hmm. uh, you know he hired me at the Cotton Club. I opened up you know uh, what he produced with uh, uh, Phyllis Yvonne Stickney and um we had tremendous people coming through the Ozzy, Ozzy Davis, Ruby D, Jim Brown walked through the doors one day. Man, I was like, whoa. You know, I played football in high school. And when I saw uh, Mr. Jim Brown coming through, I was like, oh, but they came for Phyllis. Uh -huh. It was Stickney. She had that appeal. And she's a great actress, a tremendous comedian as well. And uh, so she wore people every Thursday night. But that's where I know uh, Lamont from. But yeah, I drank oh. that, that crack that that you know, and I drank it, and uh, you know what? Uh, I always like like now we're in a whole new age with the internet and everything with Siri. I said, man, if I had Siri back then, I could have just asked Siri, uh, <laughs> find me somebody that can cook cocaine into crack. Oh my God! Yeah, me. <laughs> Near me. <laughs> Don't be asking Alexa no stuff like that. <laughs> no, what I'm saying, it, it, can you imagine that? You know, it, if that was the mindset, you know, Siri, find me a two for fives. <laughs> Near me. <laughs> Where can I? Where can I? It, it goes on and on. You get the picture. Yes, we got it. <laughs> we got it. Oh my god! <laughs> now that I mean that it's it's funny, but um, but again, I want to commend you for content. First of all, let me ask you this: How did you come up out of that situation? Mind over matter. Honestly, it's like uh, some people can, you know, will we'll need uh, like. Um, AA to go to uh, meetings and stuff like that. Uh, my thing was that I just uh, once I saw bottom, you know, once I mm -hmm. saw rock bottom, you know, because I used to, you know, I was working. I was a working comedian 46 weeks out of the year and uh, I'm a good writer uh, and uh, but I was partying. It, you know, it was accessible it was there. The females, they they got they you know, 
uh, got off into that and then mm-hmm. doing the comedy in, 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 in the business, you know, did some TV stuff and um, it's an aphrodisiac. I go on the road and, uh, you know, girls just, it was, it, you know, party, party, party. Coke, they love Coke. They love the, 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 the mollies. They love the ecstasy, you know, so, and I was having fun basically. And, and people were like, yo, you know, I see that, you know, your boy making it, your boy doing it. And I thought I had made it. I, I didn't know because I was so, del- I was delusional, put it like that. Cause I was working f- with everybody and for mm-hmm. everybody. Okay. And then I thought I could walk into a, a crack spot and get crack on credit. I had made it, you know? Wow. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Crack spot. And they, they want me to do a, a routine, <laughs> you know? Yeah. What up, Jay? Yo, baby. You know, I'm like, oh, (laughs) (laughs) wow. Wow. So let me ask you this. When, okay, as far as getting started, when did you hit that stage for the very first time as a comedian? What was the first time you went out on that stage? First time was at Dangerfields. They used to do, uh, uh, they would say nine o'clock, you'd be there on Sundays. Mm -hmm. And then, you would get up there until around one thirty, like late night, like when you know a few people in the audience, if that. But the first night, well, the first time I did was Dangerfields, and that was a well-established club in the '60s on the East Side in New York City. Uh, okay. For you who don't know where I'm at, I'm 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 based out of New York, uh, Queens, New York now, Far Rockaway, Queens. So I would, uh, at that time, I was living uptown. I was living on 123rd Manhattan Avenue, right mm-hmm. across. Dougie Fresh lived right across from me. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, we had a, uh, uh, and Lamont was always, uh, Chucky Chuck was at, a, there was a club right next door to Chucky's uh, Brownstone called Perks, which is still there. And uh, it was uh, a beautiful club, an old time Harlem spot. But uh, yeah, so I was uptown at that time. And so I went to uh, the Dangerfields and uh, you had to wait. You had to pay pay your dues basically, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, Sunday uh, they used to have what they call lottery systems back there. Like uh, you would see, like like Chris Rock uh, online standing on like at the Improv Forty Fourth and on in Eighth Avenue, waiting to go up and the whole thing. You pick a number, and then if you got your number, you would come back that night to go up on stage. You know, and but you mm-hmm. see, I, I saw Dave Chappelle. When he was a young young guy, he was 15, 16, uh, we were doing auditions uh, for the uh, Showtime at the Apollo at, okay. the, at the comic strip. And uh, he was, <laughs> so I, I'm coming out the bathroom. He's going in the bathroom. I open the door. He said, hey, man, you almost knocked me down. <laughs> you said it's like a <laughs> You almost, but he was cool. You know, he was young, just came from D.C. Mm-hmm. Auditioned, uh, he was auditioning. We had auditioned for Chuck Sutton and Sarah Smith. Those were the ones that were. And Don Weiner was the director of the uh, his Showtime at the Apollo at that time. You had Bill Bellamy that was on that night. Uh, Monteria Ivy. Uh, hey, I'd like to go to the Apollo tomorrow. But uh, I don't know if you remember uh, Monteria Ivy. Mm, no, I don't. I don't. Monte used to host. Uh, the Uptown Comedy Club. 
And uh, you Wait had a minute. Everybody. I used to go to the Uptown Comedy Club. Yeah, Monty was the host. Monterey Ivy. He was on the radio uh, with his uh, lawyer, Stephen, with, on the Don Imus show. Uh, Imus, uh, Monterey Ivy, and Steve, his attorney. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, yeah. What time was this around? Uh, that had to be in the early 90s, 94, in that, in that era, around that time. Oh, okay. No, when I was going to the Uptown Comedy Club, it was like 98, 2000. It, it could have, he, he, they could have still been there. Monty, okay. uh, Monty was from Uptown as well. Okay. He, he's very, uh, very educated, very intelligent. His comedy, you know, wasn't like you would say, well, you know, uh, stereotypical, what would you would associate with at that time, you know, uh, coming from the Uptown Comedy Club. Because basically a lot of the guys, man, they, they kind of fell into a rut where they were kind of basically doing the same thing. Mm -hmm. You go to a comedy club, you want to see the comedians perform. A lot yeah. of times right now with this uh, cancer culture, um, it's difficult, you know, for a comic to be an insult comedian. I, I'm glad you brought that up yeah. because I wanted to talk to you about that. Um, as far as finding out how do you feel about two things? One cancel, you know, the cancel culture now. And do you feel like it restricts you from being able to speak and to be yourself? That Are you hesitant to speak on certain things because of it? To be honest with you, for me, no, but you have to have that in the back of your head. So you have to be on point. You have to be on guard because look, you had superstars. You got uh, Dave Chappelle was just tackled. And uh, what up, Poncho? Hey, baby. And uh, you, you got superstars. Mm -hmm. uh, and look at what happened with Rock. You have a superstar slapping a superstar. You know, mm -hmm. so who would have thought that? You know, so, and but years ago, uh, you know, people were running up on the stage and challenging you, saying all kind of crazy stuff. You know, not everybody's going to like what you're going to do, period. Without this culture that's in place now with this generational stuff that we're going through, you know, the Me Too, the politically correct uh, movement as such. So it's just, uh, you know, uh, it's tricky to, to, to say the least. And I, I do uh, shows, I do some virtual stuff mm -hmm. and they, they want uh, they want you to be clean. I, I did one one show. These 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 people wanted me to be squeaky clean. Now, when I worked for like uh, Sinbad and Dion Warwick, Jerry Butler, uh, they wanted uh, squeaky clean material as well. So I would have to do a half an hour if I'm opening for them. Go ahead. No, I just want to know what what does that mean. And comedian terms, squeaky clean. Does that squeaky clean? Does that mean no cursing, no talking about people? What exactly does that mean? That's so subjective, and I'm, I'm glad you asked that because uh, some people they, they they don't want you to curse. If mm. they, you know, they will tell you uh, no, no uh, vulgarity, no subjective uh, innuendos, none of that. You know, especially like with the Dion Warwick. And even Sinbad, they were real strict with me. And then uh, I had a problem with the uh, promoters when I got, you know, with uh, Dion Warwick because they uh, they were real uh, anal with me, anal intent. When I came off stage, you know, I thought they were going to give me problems about paying me, 
you know, because yeah, they were, you know, wow. I could see the look on their faces. I'm like, yo, what's wrong? You know, well, you know something, you know, you were very offensive to the Jews. And this is what he said to me, to the Jews in the audience and the Puerto Ricans. Now, <laughs> he said, like, what the fuck is this motherfucker? The Jews and the Puerto Ricans. Listen, at what you just said. I said, you know something? You're. A, I was up in uh, Binghamton, SUNY. I opened up for Dion Warwick. It was 1,800 people, uh, and it was 1,500 indoors, 300 on the grass. And this particular uh -oh. day, it had rained outside. So the 300 people on the grass, they're miserable. They're not going to laugh at nothing, period. Okay? Mm. <laughs> I could care, could care less what I did. But I, I misread the audience. They were basically all white. Right, I'm being being at some Sunni, and I'm looking at them. So I do like you know impressions. I do a Jewish bit. I do personal nothing like a Jackie Mason, something like that. I'm switching and I'm doing. I do that. I used to work with the Jewish uh, on the, on the, on this boat. What's called a glot yacht, uh -huh. going around the Hudson. All Jews, rabbis. Yeah, rabbis in the audience, and so I used to perform. Yeah, I used to perform for them. How so, was it? How was it performing yeah, for them? I, I was going to ask that same question. <laughs> it was. It was. It was. You know, they liked the bit. They loved the bit. And then I was using some terminology. You know, like switching, which is sweating, and the 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 You know, a, a term for blacks. The regular term for blacks. Look at the Schwarzer. He's switching up there. He said, "What are you? What is it like being black going uptown for me?" And they, I say, "What it be like, man?" <laughs> I don't say, "I don't know." What should it be like? You know. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! <laughs> I, used do, I used to do a bit like you know, uh, doing like working the you know, uh, the audience and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, I know what you know like I do uh, you know what it's like like uh, I love that bit because where I live uptown I like doing that because then my neighbors they would think their landlords in the building collecting rent and they would leave their apartments and I'd go in and rob them oh lord <laughs> no he dropped <laughs> <laughs> Hey, this was a long time ago. Don't use this again. <laughs> so you know what? Um, I'm, I did that bit. I came out and I did the Yiddish uh, bit of, up front. You uh -huh. know, I've seen all white, and I I'm just got through coming off the boat and stuff. So I'm I'm not realizing that there's no Jews in the audience. I'm in redneck county. I'm in you know <laughs> they they don't want to see a Jew up there either. <laughs> They look oh at me like I'm black and I'm short. I'm doing the whole nine, and so they they really, you know, they were all right. Yeah, I didn't, and then I do a bit. I just, you know, just messing around, just fucking around, like mm. you know, how many Spanish people after I come out of that routine, and plus I got a big ass spotlight in front of me, and I had never worked in front of a spot. I didn't mm. know that it limits you. You can't see anything. You sing, so you know what I'm talking about. Oh, because it's so bright, like you can't see out. You can't see out. Right, right, yes. You can't see out. And I, like I said, I, I, you know, the spot is there, and I'm doing this Yiddish thing, 
and nothing. I'm getting nothing. No laughs, nothing. Literally, the proverbial pen can drop. You could have heard it. How did that make you yes. feel? Like, how were you? How did you respond to that? Horrible, because I I, I couldn't see him. I, I I couldn't feel. You know, I couldn't look and see him. Trying trying to look under there to see if I could, you know, make a connection with somebody smiling, with somebody feeling me. You know, so when I couldn't see anything, it threw me, and I just had to stand there in that spot and then just go. So I did about ten minutes of that that bit. I came out of that, and then I go into like, yo, all right, are there any, you know, no laughs, no nothing. You know, I say, any any Spanish people here? <laughs> I went from that. <laughs> and and then they say, they say, no, that's all right. Well, the later with, you know, the hell with them. I could, we could talk about them. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> nothing. Nothing. I get nothing. So they, they're still, you know, that's... And I said, well, okay. I said, what is it <laughs> with the Dominicans? You know, mm-hmm. and they, they, they clothes, the colors when they dress to, to go out. What were they born colorblind? Oh my God. <laughs> what do they do? Get dressed in the dark? <laughs> oh Lord. <laughs> the words color coordinated mean anything to these people. Normally, and that was like the old Dominicans now is sharp. You know, you see the Dominicans now, they, they you know, they they just better than you know putting it they, together, right? They doing their thing. Together. Back in the day, when you see a Dominican, it looked like he going to a festival. <laughs> that's back in the day stuff, but now they, you know, no, nah, that's that's some old shit. But yeah, so that's what this dude was talking about. Okay. And then I worked all Spanish rooms, I worked the black rooms, they call the Chitlin Circuit. So I've been around, I paid my dues on in that in that vein. And uh, you know. So when he said you you said something about the the Jews mm-hmm. and very offensive to the Jews and the Puerto Ricans, I ain't said nothing about no Puerto Ricans, you know. Mm-hmm. To do a joke, you know what's the definition of a Cuban? You know it. It's a Puerto oh. Rican with a job. What is it? A Puerto Rican with a job. Oh my lord! I can't take it. <laughs> this is don't people don't write to me. These, this is the Lady Missing Ray stuff. <laughs> hey, the words of this show is not the what's the what's the saying? <laughs> what's up, Sedan? Gotta say we see you. Um, so listen, let me ask you this, George Mason. Like, who would you say inspired you to make you even want to get in that lane of comedy? Oh man, all the the, the, the great ones, Richard, uh, Bill Cosby. Uh, any favorite? Uh, all of them were, 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 you know, they have their different, you know, Godfrey Cambridge. You listen to them, it's an old cat, and the writings and stuff, the style is like early prior. Uh, if you looked at prior, prior was trying to be Bill Cosby when he first came on the scene, really? Yeah, yeah he didn't know who he was, he didn't have his identity, didn't have his voice yet, so he was trying to style himself and pattern himself after Bill Cosby. You watch the early uh, tapes and uh, uh, appearances of Bill, of Richard Pryor, you think you're looking at Bill Cosby. You know, it's funny you say that because now, you know, speaking of, you know, um, them wanting you to be 
squeaky clean. You know, Bill Cosby was one that did not want anybody really cursing or anything like that. He had a lot of limitations when it comes to comedy. Um, so to hear Richard Pryor wanted to be like him, the total opposite. You know, he cursed his ass off. So it's 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 funny to hear that. Um, how do you feel about uh, Bill Cosby and the situation with him and um, him being one of those comedians that feel that you shouldn't curse? Well, you know, everybody has their own way of looking at what they do. Okay. And, uh, Mr. Cosby was successful at doing what he did the way he did it. And, um, you know, so you had a lot of like Sinbad came after, tried to pattern himself after Bill as well. Sinbad did curse. And, uh, you know, he was uh, a guy that was just, uh, he's funny doing what he did, very uh, animated, you know, his the way he did, but his material was along that line, family orientated like Kevin Hart. Kevin is a, a family guy, doesn't profanity, anything like that. You know, so you, you have those guys, man, that have that knack that can pull it off. Uh, and uh, Lamont said Richard could sing as well. But yeah, so, but you have the, uh, the, uh, you know, like Cat Williams, Cat is a funny guy. And, um, you know, I like Dave and I like Earthquake and, uh, you know, the, the different styles, styling. Like I said, I'm a big fan of Godfrey Cambridge. If you could listen to some of the old Godfrey, very clever stuff, you know, uh, yeah. And, um, but uh, this, like, the thing when you was talking with the cancer culture and mm -hmm. you were talking about that squeaky clean uh, thing, I, um, I did a show, a virtual show, and these okay. people demanded they wanted squeaky clean. Uh, I mean, and, you know, and virtual, you know, and the thing is, I'm seeing people in the in the boxes. It was a Zoom type thing, mm -hmm. and, I'm, and I'm I'm doing my stuff, and, and you know, I had prepared really hard for this. I worked hard on it, and I really thought I was doing an incredible job, squeaky, and I, I was clean. I didn't curse, you know, some little innuendos and stuff like that, and the 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 drug stuff. I didn't go too hard with it. I, when I hit you guys where I said I drank the crack, mm -hmm. and, you know, and uh, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't do that there. But I, I, I think I did something about, you know, getting high. And, you know, I do a lot of controversial stuff. Okay. With the Asians and stuff. I, I, I talk about how I got stuck up by, you know, coming home from a, doing a late night set in uh, Soho. You know, uh, down well, actually in Chinatown, and the guy stuck me up was a Asian, and when he stuck me, I didn't know he was sticking me up. He said, "It's a Rick up, it's a Rick up." <laughs> Bro, brother came on the street. I didn't know what the fuck because I was drunk. I was, I was fucked up. I was out of it. Mm -hmm. I, I said, "What?" The, he said, "Yo, yo, B, motherfucker, trying to stick you up." <laughs> he telling <laughs> I gave it up, right? I gave it up. And then I went down to the precinct and the cops, mm -hmm. you know, because I was talking about how all Asians look alike, you know, and some, a lot of people, again, with the cancer culture, you got to be careful what you're saying and how you say it and where you're saying it. You Absolutely. know, so when I said that, you know, how all Asians look alike. And then when I said I got stuck up and then I had to go to the precinct, and they had the lineup. They said, Mr. Mason, they had like eight people in the lineup. They said, Mr. Mason, who did it? 
<laughs> all of them. <laughs> all these motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> he said they all did it. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> but, but you know what? That got me in so much trouble. It was like, how could you say, you know, the Asian and you know? I, I, come on, man. They they look alike. We want they for me. They you damn know? sure do. Yeah, Koreans, <laughs> the Japanese, the Chinese. I don't know who the fuck is who. You know? Yeah, they said that about black people. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> they do say that. Um, so, I didn't mean to cut you, but to okay. tag on what Ray says, uh, mm -hmm. I said, and they, that's what they say about us. They say all black people look alike, and I that's said, you know, look anything like Flavor Flav? <laughs> <laughs> Hell to the no! <laughs> but that's the tag. Yeah, that's the tagline exactly. Absolutely. Absolutely. So the first thing I want to say um, right now is, guys, do not forget um, George Mason will be at the um, Springfield reunion, okay, um, on July 23rd. And it, it did change. I'm going to put the fire up real quick. If y'all want to come out and see him do his thing and his stand-up, the Springfield reunion, it starts at 12 o'clock. It's at the Brookville Park. It has, it, um, I think, 149th Street. It's right down the block. Another beautiful park. So don't forget to pull up. If y'all I want to come see him perform and do his thing with a lot of, like I said, a lot of other talented people is going to be on the scene. If you haven't already and you're watching us for the first time, don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel and hit that notification button um, so that you know every time we are going live and share this live with someone that you know or with your um, your, your your followers. <clears throat> um, there was another question. Oh, you had a question because yeah, yeah, I, I wanted. To okay. I, I, now, being a stand-up, have you ever went to somewhere where you wanted that you you had to be squeaky clean, but that's not what the audience wanted? Uh, that's a good question. That is. Yeah, because you know what? Uh, a lot of times, you can't take that chance if they're paying you. Uh, to to jump over that uh line to say okay this is not working i'm bombing i'm going down like uh like the hindenburg you know <laughs> yeah you know so i'm gonna bail i'm gonna i'm gonna make them happy i'm just gonna i'm gonna give them dick jokes and just just say fuck it you know what i'm saying just <laughs> yes yeah i give them what they want it's, I, you know if you're thinking along those lines but no i've never done that and I, I never really tried to uh, to read the audience, you know, for a squeaky clean audience, you know, to uh, you know, yeah, uh, to, to 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 do that. But that's a great question. Yeah, no, that is that really is because at the end of the day, you know, they may say, hey, this is how we want you to be, but ultimately, when you're up there, you're up there because it, you know it's a vibe, right? It's it's just yeah. like a DJ. If he's playing music and the crowd ain't dancing switch it up because it's about what the people want you know what i mean so if they asking you to be one way but the crowd you know is like and you know that hey if i switch it up it might you know i might get a different reaction that that's a, a difficult situation to be in let me ask you this george um and i and, and i just want to know from your point of view when it comes to booking like um, like being the headliner of the show how important is that to you because um 
like when we look at what happened with Monique and DL Hughley, what is your what is your view on that? Well, you know what? Uh the headliner in control is is his or her show. And that's why when you uh, Ray asked the question about uh if it's squeaky clean and then the audience wants something else, you have to, you know, and then the contracts again. What the DL and Monique was fighting about was the contract. Monique said she had a contract to be the headline, and DL says he's got, you know, so they're going back and forth with that. And, uh, but, uh, the headliner, they don't want you to be the promoter, tells you be clean, you, you be clean, you don't worry about what the audience wants or whatever. You, you just have to do your job along those lines if you want to get paid, you know, because they still can, uh, you know, they, uh, why you the money, they, they can, uh, take it out of, out of your account as well. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. So they could, uh, they control that. So uh, wow. they, can, they can cancel that. If you, you haven't touched it, that kind of thing at that point, you know, and you, you still haven't, you know, completed the job. You know what I'm saying? So DL <laughs> and, and, uh, and Monique, it's an interesting thing. I heard she settled uh, for $50 million with Netflix uh yeah i heard hey you know so uh how, how, how do you feel how do you how do you feel about the way monique responds to certain things do you think that she's going overboard or do you think that she's fighting for um her her rights as a comedian for what she's worth could be a little both i mean she's mm -hmm. an emotional uh a person as we know uh, mm -hmm. what she said when she won the oscar that she deserved it and uh you know i mean listen she wanted, she should have just humbled herself and then just wait for the next gig, you know, but as I, I, again, she's emotional and you can't sometimes, you know, dictate how a person is going to act or react or what they say. And when they say it, that's what they said, because, you know, at that, at that point, how many times we've said things that we would like to take back. Right. Uh, right. Now, would you say that? Okay. So, she, I, I watched her stand up in the beginning, right? So, would you say that that's uh comedy? Uh, the, the things that she was saying, because I mean, some of them was a little funny, even though if it was me being talked about like that, I probably would feel disrespected. But some of those jokes were funny. Do you think it can is it a point of going too far when it's your fellow comedian, or is there no hard, no holds bars? Yeah, there is a point of going overboard, you know, because uh. You know they were they when things are good they're good, you mm -hmm. know. So they all were good friends. They're tight, making money together and doing their thing. And you figure that they all should be happy and then just let it go. Let let bygones be bygones. Mm -hmm. But then the egos get in the way sometimes. You know, again with that headlining thing, who wants to close? You know what? Uh, look, if I'm making you know X amount of dollars and such and such, and you know. Ray wants to close the show. Ray can close the show. You know, I'm I'm a I'm a do me. I'm, I'm okay because uh, you know I'm good with you know, you know where I'm at, my space and situation. If Ray wants to, to you know close, fine. You know, I had that situation once before. This cat, uh, we were up in I think Syracuse, someplace I forget where, mm -hmm. and uh, he just wanted to see if he could follow me. You know, and uh, I was uh, the headliner. I was closing the show this particular night, but he wanted to go up. He wanted to, 
He wanted to close it out. He wanted the headline. See if he could follow me. So it's all right, you know. You you got it. Yeah, I didn't I didn't have a problem with that. But it's it's on the individual as well. You know. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So so the being a headliner and and doing comedy is the equivalent of rappers wanting to be the king or queen of the rap. Essentially. Essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, you know you earn you earned uh, your stripes. You know to get to that plateau. So, you know, it's like you, like with um, Cat Williams and Steve Harvey, they had that New Year's Eve thing where who, who was the the funniest and, uh, you know, uh, I think Cat went up there and was saying that, you know, Steve had thought he had fell, he had slipped off and Steve was the, you know, I think they did it in Detroit. Detroit is no joke. Mm. <laughs> performance Detroit you gotta you gotta be on point <laughs> <laughs> you know to say the least but yeah so um you know cat I think uh, challenging yeah Bernie well Bernie Mac that's the other thing uh with the King of Queens the original uh, Steve Harvey was supposed to headline he was supposed to close the shows out but mm-hmm. he, couldn't, he couldn't follow Bernie he couldn't follow nobody there you know Steve is a great pitch man. God bless him. He made his money. He's a gazillionaire, you know. So I only speak for myself, my opinion, none personal, no hate, no animosity. You know, I never was really impressed with Steve as a comedian. He's a great salesman. He does some funny stuff, but the king of queens was Bernie Mac, huh? Bernie was uh, the one. DL, all those cats on the show. You got DL. You got Bernie, right? And you, you mm-hmm. got uh, right said, all funny. Steve got some spotty stuff. He's got some, you know, he's good with the family feud and the whole thing. You come up with some funny anecdotes every now and then. But as a comedian, he's not solid 100% straight through, as far as, in, in my opinion, you know. Right. Okay. And for me. But okay. uh, like I said, Bernie Mac was the headliner. Steve Harvey, as I said, originally was contracted to close the show, but he mm-hmm. couldn't. He couldn't follow none of them. He was getting booed, not booed off, but he wasn't getting no love. They wasn't showing him no love. You know, mm. Chris Rock in his early days, when he first came, when Def Jam first came out, he had to go and, and, and open up for uh, Run DMC, you know, do the the, uh, the tough spots, which is a tough gig for a young comic. Rock is from Brooklyn, but he's from the white clubs. He's from the, he's not from, he never did the real hard, you know, like the Uptown Comedy Club. Right. Went to Jersey. There was a spot there called Terminal D in Newark. Yo. <laughs> the hood, baby. <laughs> Yo. Have you heard of Terminal D? Have you ever heard of this spot? I heard of it. I've never been there, though. <laughs> it was Thursday night. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you made it out, <laughs> out there, unscathed, <laughs> talk about the hood. Yo. He said, look. <laughs> they duck if you over there. <laughs> no joke. But yeah, so you know, those are the rules, man. Like I said, Rock, I don't know if you ever play. You know, I, I was at uh, Catch a Rising Star one night and he came in uh-huh. uh talking to Gilbert Godfrey, you know, in the uh the little lobby, the foyer there. And uh he was talking about he had just got you know fired from the from the, the tour. They were booing him the whole night. But you know, for a, a straight stand-up comedian, it's death if you're gonna go and you know 
uh, on certain, uh, you know, venues that you're really not familiar with. Now, a good mm -hmm. friend of mine was Ronnie Wilkinson, who happened to be a good friend of Chris Rock's. And Ronnie knew everybody and a very, very, very funny man. And the first time I met Ronnie, he was holding court with Chris Rock at Stand Up New York. And they had an audition at that time. I had basically, I was just starting out. I had just mm -hmm. a spot over at this club called McKell's on 96 and uh, Columbus. A nice spot, jazz spot. And I was, I was okay. I was, you know, maybe six months in the business, something like that. And mm -hmm. the, the manager said, yo, man, you need to go over there and stand up New York. They got this uh, audition. But it was a closed door audition, which I didn't know. You know, I walked in. They had every black comic in the city at that time that were doing anything. Like Angela Scott, Rhonda Hampson, Melvin George, Chris Rock, Ronnie Wilkerson, Mario Joyner. You know, and they were auditioning for the Cosby show, the warm up. Big gig. Oh, really? Yeah, at that time, they paid like $1,500 uh, uh, for every time, you know, uh, a week, uh, every two days or whatever it is. Great money. Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And uh, that's where I met Ronnie. And Ronnie put me on to a lot. And Ronnie was probably as funny as anybody that was out there at that time. You know, oh, yeah. I haven't seen, yeah, Ronnie Wilkerson. His name's a legend. I've seen Rock on one show one night. And he was talking about, I forget who, what show it was. Might have been Roseanne, but I forget where it was, Arsenio. He said, man, yeah, if uh, this guy had really kept his stuff. Ronnie was, again, with the crack and the cold. Ronnie and I got high together. <laughs> you okay. know, I'm, I'm laughing, but I'm just saying. Ronnie was out there, too. You know what okay. I'm saying? But Rock was talking about if Ronnie Wilkerson had kept it straight and did his thing and, you know, stayed clean, he would be on the show instead of me. Mm. That's what Chris Rock, yeah, and it's it's the truth, really. Ronnie, oh. I promise. Bookers used to always. I, every road gig I did when I first started out, it would always be a Ronnie Wilkerson story. Ronnie was a legend, you know. He preceded the uh, uh, what's that thing? Uh, his reputation preceded himself, and it's the truth. And uh, I, I I hear all kind of things about Ronnie, and agents would tell me, you know. Uh, Ronnie burned a hotel down and stuff in Miami. But Ronnie told me really what happened. He burned the curtain down smoking that shit. Oh, you know? shit. Oh, my goodness. He didn't burn the right. whole, whole hotel down. He said, yo, G. He said, yo, G. Uh, I'm going to Miami. He said he's on his way. <laughs> he need, the hotel is, uh, he could see the hotel. <laughs> but he said he was going through the hood, like, you know, the hood. Uh -huh. and people were smoking he said they were smoking outside he said this girl took a hit she got butt naked right he told the cab driver let me out here <laughs> I can't no. so we know the rest of that the way that, that story went he got he didn't even miss the shows he didn't even do the show but Ronnie didn't give a fuck you know it was just that was Ronnie you right, know, right. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> well, <laughs> good, I'm sorry. No, no, it's okay. I just want to ask you, um, if you could remember your best and what you think was your worst show, where were you at and what happened? My best gig was Sinbad. Uh, my third time out with Sinbad. First show I did with him was 20 hundred seats at the, uh, um, Palace Theater in uh, New Haven, Connecticut. Okay. 
show I did with him was at the Paramount and Springfield Mass, 2,500 seats. Third show with him was my best show, best gig, uh, 4,000 seats, and a, a spot called Big Birch, which is upstate. This is a ski resort, 4,000 seats coming down. And uh, because, you know, when you work for a comedian, it's like they're coming for him or her, you know, so the crowd is geared, you know, for that, uh, you know, for what you're going to give them. And mm -hmm. it's, uh, it's beautiful. It's nice. That was my best gig, Sinbad gig. The okay. worst gig was that show I was talking about with Dion Warwick. Mm. Uh, yeah, that was because uh, the promoters jumped all over me. The audience was, uh, it took me about 20 minutes to get any kind of reaction from them. A laugh or something. When I figured out what was going on, you know, the logistics and stuff like that, you know, because there's a there's a, a, a science to it. With any and everything, it's an art and a science to it. You're a singer. You know what I'm saying? You have your own style. You're a stylist. You're coming on my show, the George Mason show on Wednesday. Absolutely. And I was, I was going to ask you to talk about uh, your show, too. <laughs> but go ahead. You can finish and then we're going to get into that. <laughs> so, yeah. So you're a stylist and you and you rap and the whole thing. You write your own music. So it's like um, there's an art and a, a science and a craft to it. Anything. Like now, you know, you guys are very professional and your presentation and what you're doing, I love it. Uh, Thank the way, you. You, yes, and um, everything was structured nice and beautiful. So, you know, there's a skill and a talent to that as well. You know, so uh, that's that's the thing. So that was the worst. And then also, I did a a virtual show, which, like I said, that one I was talking about, where they want squeaky clean. Mm -hmm. oh, the ladies, man, they jumped all over me behind the screen. I almost cried, man. I was I was so devastated when I say that because I had put so much work into that into into that show, and I thought they would at least uh, would appreciate like what I had did for them, but they weren't really listening at you know what I was saying or anything like that. They were looking, I guess, at more of like you know the innuendos when I was saying certain things with the coat and the thing and they just jumped all over me so I was hurt by it. I was literally hurt by that show you know what I'm saying uh yeah uh because a lot of times uh, you know uh, artists are are more sensitive than you know you mm -hmm. know yeah I mean you're an artist so you know and Ray I you know you have an understanding you know what's going on you sing Ray no oh, no <laughs> No, I'm just, this is what I do right here. This is it. This is the only <laughs> form of entertainment I'm in. You beat people up. <laughs> <laughs> You're her bodyguard. You're her protector. You, <laughs> well, listen, yes. What I did want to play, I, I do want to play at least a couple of minutes of you doing stand-up. I want people to see that. So if you don't mind, let us, let us go oh, ahead and get into that. And then I want to come back and talk about the George Mason show. All right, we do that. All right, so we're, we're about to play a clip of George Mason doing his stand-up, guys. So let's check that out real quick.
was watching that cracking up oh my gosh <laughs> the bums want to cancel you now <laughs> you get canceled from the bums <laughs> thank that you. was good though i appreciate that thank you Yes, yes, absolutely, absolutely. Guys, so again, um, um, well, first let me ask you this, because you do have your own show. Let's uh, Tell us when you started that and what is that about and when does it come on? When does it come on? Every Wednesday, 8 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. Mm -hmm. on, uh, face, it streams live through Facebook. And okay. I've been doing it roughly a year now. And uh, uh, from Springfield Day, I met... Uh, uh, marvelous or money marv he was there and uh he liked what he saw and uh hey man he called me up and said like uh you wanted you know put me on so that's that's the history behind that on that show and uh we're coming right along man so far you know i said knock on wood so good and uh, i have a show coming up comedy show i just wanted to uh plug that real quick on july 15th uh, Hold on, I don't mean to cut you off. Now, some people are saying they can hardly hear you. I don't know. Are they, are they talking about the show or you now? Um, the tape. Let me I, see. Think I think it's the comedy tape. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. I, I can barely hear it, too. It was low? Very low, yeah. Hmm, that's weird. Okay. I'm sorry about that. Go ahead. Yeah. No. No, I said July 15th mm -hmm. at uh, uh, Monahan's in Bayside. And then, of course, we're doing our thing on the 23rd uh, at the at the Brookville Park. You gave that already. Yes. And, uh, I wanted to mention I have uh, two reality shows that I've written. Uh, one is called Can She Turn Him Straight? Ooh. <laughs> oh, my God. Ooh, that's going to be a good one. More stuff to cancel you. <laughs> 
You know what it is? You know, it's like you're some of these females are so vain a lot of times. It's like they think that they can turn gay guys straight. And the, the, the premise of this show is like you have like 15 beautiful women, like, you know, like the flavor of love type situation, bachelor, whatever. And mm -hmm. the guy's gay. He's never, he's never been with a female ever. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, he's, you know, dating them. They want to see if, you know, who can turn them straight. Huh? And, uh -huh. Then, uh, you know, he comes down one day, he's in drag. And uh, they think it's another female in the house, but it's him. But he wants to see how they're going to react if they're just doing the show just to be on the show to get famous to, to come up, you know. So, can she turn him straight? Mm. He has a boyfriend, and boyfriend comes over and they start fighting. Yo, bitch, you know, you want to come home and, and get your ass? No, so what do you want to do with this? That kind of thing. So, I think it's interesting because there's nothing out there like that. And then I have uh, on the flip side of the show, I have, no, I'm not a lesbian. I just like girls. <laughs> what? <laughs> they say I'm kind of a somewhat, well, let me think about it. Uh, it's it's kind of in the same lane, though. It is. It is. It is. Yeah, exactly. But it's, <laughs> it's, it's the flip of that. Can she turn Right, to right. No, I'm not a lesbian. Uh, I just like girls. Mm, that sounds very confusing. Um, but I'll tell you one thing. Can I turn them straight, though? Yeah. That one right there? Uh, that one sounds real good. So you're going to have to let us know because I can see everybody tuning in, watching that. Like, let's see <laughs> if that's possible. Mm, because... I mean, I don't know. Listen, the hell with it, because we say no holds bar, right? No is it possible for a man to have sex with another man and then just be into women? Well, you know what? I guess that's on the individual itself. But, you know, because there's a, a lot of females that have sex with females and they're back into men. You know? Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's true, but you know how it is, though. You see, that's 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 the double standard. That's the other side of it. It is just like when they say a female sleeps around, she's a hoe, right? But the guy can do it, and he's the man, right? It's the same thing. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that that's that's the side, and I have a situation comedy called Mason's Place. All of these uh -huh. are protected. They're, they're written and copywritten, and uh, I have a book coming out called the ball is still on the nine yard line yeah what is that about well i used to play football and uh it's about the incident that happened while uh i was running for a touchdown and uh it transformed me it changed it was life-changing and uh the ball popped out on the nine yard line and it, up until that point i was you know the man if you want to call it that mm -hmm. you know and uh, all city broke all its records, this, that, and the third. And but after that happened, people blamed me. We didn't win that game. We were playing against the Whit Clinton in the Bronx, and mm -hmm. these guys had not been scored upon, and they were undefeated that year. I played with Bayside. Bayside, we had won the championship the year before, and uh, we were projected to win the next year. As I said, we went up against a, a powerhouse Clinton team, and most of my team made for. You know, uh, from the Burbs and Clinton, you know, they dugged out and they were ready and good to go. So they beat us six nothing, but they blamed me, George Mason, 
for uh, the ball popped out. And so the ball is still on the nine yard line because nobody ever forgot that. And oh. uh, so that's my mentality. I take the good with the with the bitter with the sweet, the good with the bad. So when things are good, I just count my blessings and say, thank you, God. And if they're, and if, when they're bad, I just, you know, uh, listen, just there's always another day. You feel me? And so when people, you know, are riding that coattail or like you great and all that, I appreciate that. But it means nothing to me. And I'll tell you that. So that's the ball is still on the nine yard line. So when will that be out? When when can people get that? Well, I'm uh, on the last chapter. Just have to shape it up and get the, the spelling and everything right. And then see if we can get somebody. I have a few people I have in mind that can publish it and, and the whole nine. But if it uh, has uh, the appeal, where if it's interesting, if it's relevant enough, where uh, it would have interest. So uh, trying to... Uh, to, to shape it up and, and make it all, you know, some interesting stories, but it's interesting to me. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Then you got to, you know, listen, I believe that it, you got to know your target audience, the people who will be interested in something like that. Cause there's something for everybody. You know what I mean? So that's in the sport lane too, but I'm sure you got some great stories in there. So I can't wait. Uh, keep us posted and let us know when that book is dropping. I will. All right. Our, our date too is uh yes about Wednesday Wednesday this Wednesday right yes second eight p.m. I have uh you know uh Chucky Chuck uh what's the name he gave you Queen Lady Liz <laughs> yes I'm rocking that Queen baby thank you Chucky Chuck <laughs> I appreciate that <laughs> so we have the Queen Queen Lady Miss. The stylist and uh, a whole, you know, so that I'm, I'm excited. I'm looking forward to that. I Me would, too. Yeah. So that's what I, I wanted to ask. thank you guys, man, for for having me and for uh, some of the questions, man. You hit me with a with a with a bolo, Ray. Doubled <laughs> <laughs> me over with that one, which was good though. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Clean. Well, I'm glad. Is there anything that we didn't ask you that you want people to know? Well, you basically covered, uh, you know, the, the from the spectrum A to Z. Anything else, you guys? Uh, Ray, I'm scared of you. <laughs> That's the silent assassin right no, there. I, I will say y'all got y'all got the hardest job ever because you got to make people laugh even when they don't want to. You know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and and you know, like we were talking with the the, the cancer culture where people are running up. And uh, on, you know, but they've been doing, as I said, they were doing that for years. And I, I'll be honest with you, I used to run people out of, the, out of the clubs. I'm still in therapy for that. <laughs> I can't take it. <laughs> I ran like three or four families out. I ran one family because, you know, like I said, no, not everybody's gonna like what you do, and sometimes right. they take it personally, think you're talking about them. I was doing, I used to do a subway routine. Where I talk about how, you know, in the you know, in the subways are crowded and packed in, in New York, and you might have a little space on the seat. Mm -hmm. There's a lady about that wide and try to sit in that little space. And I'd give her a look, I'd be like, a uh, lady, now you know you can't sit your big fat ass down in this little space. You know that. <laughs> I said that bit. and the late this guy was like, What are you talking about the fat women for? I looked and he had these two 
sitting next to him. A bigger than Oprah on her worst day, on her good evening. Oh, oh my God! He go, yeah, we about to get canceled on from the ground up. Stop playing. <laughs> they were huge. They were huge, and I didn't realize it. They're right in front of me, but I wasn't targeting them. And mm -hmm. he went off, man. Yeah, what did I? You know that and fat people, and I'm like, oh my God, yo, man, what's wrong with you? Why don't you chill? You ain't got to talk about fat people. Woo, he didn't hear the joke and he did not care. Yeah. Yeah. Well, again, you know, uh, like, like Ray said, it is a hard job, but it's also something that is good because laughter is good for the soul. And um, we need that, especially now, like, you know, people, a lot of people are depressed. A lot of people are not happy. So being able to come out and being able to laugh and lighten up, you know, not take things too personal is very much needed. So for me, I love comedy and I definitely can appreciate it. I'm not going to say that I, I'll be happy if I was the butt of the jokes, but I can respect it, of course. You know what I mean? Understand that it's just art. It's art. It's just like an artist if they rap about something and it's just art, you know, so we totally get it. But keep doing your thing. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing you on July 23rd. I cannot wait to see you in person and to see you do your thing up there on stage. I'm going to be hiding somewhere because you ain't going to talk about me. <laughs> I'm going to be ducking. <laughs> I'm not, you know I'm not talking about Ray because he'll run up on the stage. <laughs> He's a right. Nah, I see that. Nah, I don't. I don't do the Will Smith stuff. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can't take it. Well, um, guys, um, don't forget every Wednesday. Um, George Mason, he streams live on Facebook. Let's put that up. Make sure you guys follow him and check him out. Um, go to his Facebook. You can follow. You can add and you can follow his uh his page. N, that's it right there, George Mason, G-E-O-R-G-E-M-A-S-O-N. Make sure y'all go over and follow him and stay in tune to everything he has going on from the stand-up to his shows. George Mason, do you be doing stand-up on, um, on your show? Like, do, do you do stuff like that on your show as well? I do. I, I try out new material just about every week, you know, news items and stuff talk about Kaye, you know, how at one point there was only like three or four people in the news, Shaq, Kaye, <laughs> and then just Will Smith. I mean, it was just, that was it. And Kaye, listen, he's <laughs> in love with his wife. He's in love with Kim. There's no question about it. Uh, yeah. and, you know, we don't know what goes on behind closed doors. He's got four kids with Kim, you know, so he's got, there's a lot of emotional stuff there. So, you know, we can't really judge or stuff like that. But, you know, with him doing all this crazy shit, buying a house across the street. <laughs> what the fuck? You know, I can't take it. I don't like that. call that crazy. He said shit. We all <laughs> but the houses that they have, yeah, but they have, you know, you, you'll never be able to see inside that house anyway. You know, I mean, the house is just across the street. It might be a half a mile. <laughs> from each other, you know, so, uh, you know, he would probably have special security. You know, I listen, if he goes to that extreme, who knows, you know, how deeper that it gets. But, you know, so I talk about stuff like that. 
you know, and then with the, the, the boyfriend and stuff, all that, it's just, just crazy stuff. This one girl, she said to me one time, <laughs> uh, yo, G, you know, I know you got that Facebook thing going on. And uh, could you please tell the guys to stop putting the dick pics in my inbox? <laughs> So did you tell him? <laughs> I told him. I gave. I said, "Listen." Now I didn't say her name, and then I said, "Dick." dick she said, "It's crazy." I got about three thousand. Like you got three thousand dick pics. <laughs> That's a, three thousand. That's <laughs> a lot. I said, "What did you count them?" I don't. Yeah. She had to count them, and she said, "I only." Gee, I only went out with about. 40 or 50 of these motherfuckers. Oh, and then, my Lord. These, niggas, these motherfuckers, they lie on their dicks. <laughs> I'm like, wait a second. You're telling me you went out with 50 motherfuckers, you don't even see their faces? Oh. Mm, 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 mm. <laughs> well, that's oh, why they show their dicks. <laughs> <laughs> Stop playing. <laughs> <laughs> She said she gonna get it one way or another. All right. And talk about stuff like that. And how about you know, I'm very insecure, so it's hard for me to watch pornography because it is me and me, because these guys, man, are hung like mule. And you know what? Because in the age we're in, <laughs> the penis pumps and the pills, and uh <laughs> you know, these guys, that's why I say she, uh, Cayenne must be going fucking bananas. <laughs> Leave Cayenne West alone. He doing this. Yeah. But he watching some pornography and he's seeing these guys and they're like, yo, man, because I, I tried. I'm not, I, you know, listen, I'm not going to front. I tried the cream. I tried <laughs> the cream. Wait, did it work? It didn't work on my Johnson. It, my hands. Look at my hands. <laughs> <laughs> Look like Sasquatch. <laughs> hands are fucking huge. My joints shrunk, I think. Listen, we're going to have to definitely pull up to your show for sure, okay? We normally do, you know, we go on Wednesdays, but we're actually for the summer, Um, just so everybody know, we're taking a whole summer break from the ground up after okay. I think next week. So for this summer, we're not going to, we'll just be advertising and making little changes here and there. But uh, we're definitely going to be tuned into your show and checking okay. you out because, listen, <laughs> you are hilarious. It, but I also want to tell y'all too, guys, he doesn't just have a Facebook. He also has a um, YouTube. So you can type in comedian George Mason and make sure you guys go over to his YouTube and subscribe and hit that notification button as well. And he has a Instagram and his Instagram is is a G Maze um, G M A Z E. 45. Y'all can follow him on there as well to stay in tune with everything he has going on. But if you want to see him, catch his new material and check out his show, you want to pull up every Wednesday. You said 8 p.m. on Facebook Live. He is streaming live. You could be a part of that in the comments section and all of that. So make sure y'all guys put that, um, mark that in your calendar so you can remember when he is on. What's up, Grant Body P? I see you over there in the UK. That's my brother over there in the UK, always coming through and supporting. Grant Body P, make sure you follow this brother here. He's a comedian. Um, he got a lot going on. 
That's his name on Facebook, George Mason, and he has a YouTube. So do not forget to do that. Um, George Mason, we enjoyed having you on the show. This was very fun. I can't, like I said, I can't wait to see you on July 23rd. Um, <clears throat> but we're gonna get up out of here and I will see you on Wednesday, right? Wednesday, eight o'clock. Lady Queen, Lady Miss. Don't yes, miss. Lady, Don't <laughs> Lady Miss. We're gonna chop it up. And uh I, I really appreciate you guys and uh Ray, you scared the fuck out of me. All right, stay with me. <laughs> yes, Grandma, you, shout you out you to him money, too. You good huh? money, Ray. I, I said you good money, Ray. I appreciate you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is, I, yeah I don't take anything personal. I laugh it off, y'all. So it's cool with me. <laughs> Thank you both. Yes, no problem. Again, guys, oh, Grand Body P, guys, make sure y'all check him out. He has his hip hop uh, repping for you. Hip hop repping. I always mess it up. I'm so sorry. His show over there on the UK, he definitely represents the real hip hop. Okay. So make sure y'all check him out. Hip hop repping for you show. Check him out. That's Grant Body P. Um, don't forget, I want to tell y'all again that July 23rd, George Mason will be touching that stage. So make sure y'all pull up and that will be um, at the park on 149th Street, Brookville Park. And let's play a quick little, um, the quick little um, your video real quick. Mm -hmm. And then we're going to get up out of here. Thank you both. God bless Thank you. you. Thank, Thank you, you so much, George Mason. We appreciate you so much. We'll see you on July 23rd, okay? Most definitely, yes. All right. All right. Thank you. Thank you. All right, y'all. We up out of here. Make sure y'all come through July 23rd. Yep, Good? Yep. All right. We'll see y'all. Actually, if y'all want to see us, come pull up on Wednesday on the George Mason Show on Wednesday, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It's going down. Facebook Live. I'll see y'all then. Peace. Peace. Peace out. We hope you enjoyed your time with From the Ground Up Productions. We'll see you next time. Be sure to add our channel to your Roku list and listen to us on all streaming platforms. From the ground up. From the ground up. There's only one way to go from here.